Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host Sean Siriani, and we have an awesome talk for you today. Today my guest is one of the leading men of the Lemon Bucket Orchestra. His name is Mark Marzik, and this guy has an amazing story and pretty much embodies the spirit of the type of people I like to talk to on the show. So many things from the magic of how his band came together, how he met his wife in the band while he was in the Ukraine learning his roots. Um, They actually met on the front lines of a protest overthrowing a corrupt leader. And this band itself, it's hard to break down exactly what it sounds like in my press release. It says, Guerrilla Party Punk Band. They also have layers and layers of Ukrainian folk influence, many members, and it's just an overall good time. And they are the type of band who brings the party wherever they go and actually ended up going viral from rocking out in an airport during a flight delay. The videos got featured on Jimmy Kimmel, New York Times, Huffington Post, and all that. And you're going to hear about all this. And Mark's overall compelling story and journey as a musician. And Mark just overall has a great perception on human nature from his time traveling to the Ukraine, stepping way out of his comfort zone and overall touring around with the Lemon Bucket Orchestra and creating something special with like-minded, awesome people. And before we get into this talk, I want to let you know if you want to see the Lemon Bucket Orchestra live, they will be performing at Lemonade. It is Friday, December 27th and Saturday, December 28th. It's at the Opera House. It's celebrating the Opera House's 30th anniversary. They're a perfect band to ignite some celebrations. And around this, the proceeds for Lemonade is also going to charity. Throughout that weekend, each one of the bands and artists will be donating to a different charity. I know Lemon Bucket, their proceeds are going to the Regent Park School of Music. And throughout the weekend, there's just a plethora of different bands from Arabic jazz to hip-hop, and it's one big party, and everything goes to a good cause. So if you want something to do after the holidays, December 27th and 28th at the Opera House, it's going to be a good time. And I want to let you know if you're listening to this on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You're going to see a picture of Mark in the studio, links to his music, where you can get tickets for Lemonade, and all that is the Lemon Bucket Orchestra. All right? So without further ado, here's Mark Marzik coming at you right now! <laughs> I mean, what I love about folk music is that, um, you know, there wasn't 
there wasn't when I got into it there wasn't like a a type of person that you are to be mm. into folk music you know it spans there's little little kids who don't even know how to speak are you know dancing and enjoying it and then the oldest generation um, who can barely walk anymore can enjoy it and then you have you know if you play it with a certain type of energy or you know if, if you have young sort of punky outgoing vibe to you and you play the music that way then that attracts those kind of listeners and it's this it's this kind of forum where people can just interact and engage and meet each other because yeah. that's what folk music was for it was a it's a social form it wasn't made to sort of uh you know express anything except for the stories that we all share together yeah i, I also love how you described it as punky because they i never thought of it this way but there is that spirit in in that in folk music in a way too where it's just that looseness that's like it's almost like a way to get like certain energy out and stuff and well yeah and reciprocate. just like, as i mean just as much as sort of celebrating like you know we tend to think of traditional music as the stuff that accompanies like weddings or funerals or other types of celebrations but um i mean folk music as well as it has got a revolutionary spirit there's a spirit of protest that's embedded in it that's when you're when you it's a way to share something that that you're upset with or mm -hmm. that has really had a serious impact on you and and you know that there's the punk spirit right there yeah yeah and snowball years later you form the lemon bucket orchestra yeah and uh i was reading like it started off as four people am i correct or yeah maybe? four of us yeah yeah and uh was was one of them uh, your wife as well? No, no, no. Okay, this is like a later thing. I, I only yeah. met my wife later. Yeah, it, yeah. it started. There were four of us. It was uh, me and Tongi and Oscar and Alex. And I mean, what happened essentially is like I I came back to Toronto from Ukraine and um, and I was just I was really missing. I was kind of depressed because mm -hmm. I was missing that like that culture, that folk culture. And I didn't think that I would be able to find it um, in Toronto. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, like I remember the first night that I came back, my brother was like, "Come on, we're gonna cheer you up. Let's let's go out." And he took me to the Ossington Strip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's and like, it's like it's not what you what want. I left. Yeah, even needed. when I yeah. left, yeah. even when I left, it was different, right? Yeah, like yeah. it it was right after that sort of whole transition mm -hmm. into pointy shoes and dress shirts and like short skirts and and yeah. all that and i was like i was so just out you know not into it and we're walking we're like okay man let's catch the ttc home and we go around the corner and this guy walks out of this place that looks like a convenience store and is like hey you guys coming in he thought we were just out smoking and he's mm -hmm. like you, you guys coming in for last call and we're we're like all right, sure. And it ended, it was the communist daughter. Do you know that bar? Uh, no, I'm not sure where that it's is. A, yeah. It's an amazing place, like just on um, on Dundas, just uh, west of, of Ossington. Okay. Yeah. And it's the kind of like, it's the oddball out of that whole strip that's gotten completely sort of like, you know, resto barred out. And, and this is like a dive bar. Oh, I got to check this out. Then. But, yeah. and they have... Um, this, the guy, the bartender, ended up being Michael Lewis Johnson, who's uh, 
who eventually was our trumpet player, became our trumpet player. He's still in the band. Wow. Yeah. But he served us drinks and, and, uh, and then, you know, he's like, tells everybody, Hey, you know, it's the, we're getting to that point of the night. We think we're going to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's like, it's that, that point where I just, I got to play some trumpet. And he takes out a trumpet <laughs> yes. from behind the bar <laughs> and just starts playing Louis Armstrong. And we were like, what the, like, uh, what, the, yeah. what is this place? And I start telling him like, man, I'm so happy that I came. I was depressed. I just came back from Ukraine and you know I've, I'm missing all this stuff and he's like hold on a second and he like goes out shuffling through some records and he puts on this Shaban Baramovic record which is like the he's like the king of like Serbian trumpet you wow know? and he yeah. puts this on in the place and he's like let's shut the place down takes everyone <laughs> yes. out yeah. takes out a bottle of vodka shuts the blind and we stay up drinking listening to serbian brass music until five in the morning that's beautiful and especially like i love like the contrast of your night where it's just like you're kind of like I wouldn't, I don't know what the word for it like you're like going to like all these soulless venues or what, and then like that back in your mind you just like want something real and just you kind of walking by this random place and somebody thinking you're having a smoke just kind of turn that into like a whole direction and and you know know. i gotta say like every single member who's come into the band over the course of the last 10 years which is like probably over 40 musicians have been through lemon bucket each of the stories are like are as dynamic as that amazing i think that's the kind of thing that you know i said to you before i never i never experienced that sort of like that folk culture here in toronto when i was growing up but it's here Mm -hmm. it is here and there's people from all over the world that are just sort of hungry for interaction and for for that that next special moment and uh you know lemon bucket is is all about um, being open to those special moments and then trying to create it for other people. Oh, that's amazing too. And, uh, yeah, so I guess you guys started out doing like little house parties and then as the band grew, you kind of had to take it to the streets as well. Yeah. (laughs) We, we had this other band called worldly savages and it was this kind of like gypsy punk band and cool, cool. It was cool. We, and we played in the, in the market a lot and, um, and then we had after parties at our house at, uh, which we actually, the house just got repossessed. Uh, it was called the owl's nest on, uh, on Lansdowne and it was a wicked place. We had after parties there for many, many years, <laughs> but eventually what happened is, uh, you know, they, it just outgrew like people, more people started coming to the after parties than our actual shows. Oh yeah, and so we were like, "Listen, we gotta, we gotta take this to like a venue and try it out," and and the band just sort of grew from there. Yeah, that's cool. It's, it sounds like everything's just so organic. How this band has came together from you finding your trumpet players by like walking down the street, and then uh, I guess probably having these parties too. You're meeting other musicians who like, oh, I can do this, I do that, and it just that's totally it. Yeah. Like people, the musicians, like it's not like we were looking for for anybody. We weren't. We weren't. Lo- we knew that we wanted it to be a big band, the four of us. Yeah. Like we were like we wanted to this big, big powerful you know, thing. And, and, uh, 
so that's why we called it orchestra even though there were only four to four of us at the beginning it was still lemon bucket orchestra yeah yeah but but you know it just it got the people when they heard of it they they came and just sort of uh joined in I, I, our sousaphone player who who like he was with the band for about six or seven years before before our current sousaphone player ian came rob Tehan, he like he he was in like four bands in toronto mm-hmm. when he heard about us and somebody invited him to the show and was like man these guys they don't have a bass player you should totally play yeah, in this band throw me up there and he was like no like i don't need another <laughs> band i have four bands <laughs> but then the way he explained it to me afterwards was like he walked into this place this sweat it was like sweaty and people were going crazy couldn't understand a word that anybody was speaking it felt like he was walking onto another planet yeah yeah and he looked up on stage and this band was just like ripping through romanian tunes and he just saw a big rob shaped hole on stage and he was like he, we didn't even invite him he just at that point decided like i'm gonna be in this band yeah and you have so many members he probably could have just walked up and like hit in the back and you wouldn't even notice because it's like that's like, so you'd be surprised how many times that's happened and like we it's happened because we welcome it you know yeah. yeah there's so many i mean you know one of our sort of home bases over the years has been la palette restaurant the french restaurant on queen it used to be in the market and uh and then it moved to queen street and shemez the owner has sort of like opened it up to us we used to do these mi- these secret like midnight shows where we would just we'd show up we wouldn't tell anybody and it's a big glass front to queen street and we'd jump up onto the bar that's our stage and just start playing acoustically and then the place would literally it would fill up within like minutes just from people walking by on a busy saturday night just being like what the hell is that and they come in and then it just turned into a party and a lot of times that's you know musicians would be coming from one gig or another and they're like let's get in there and and then and they end up playing and you know that's sort of the magic yeah that's cool too and even like as you like release albums and do these shows, like it's crazy to hear all these origins because it seems like beyond the music in a band, it's like you've captured a party and you're putting that out there for people to listen to on like their Spotify's or whatever, or go see live even better. Like, cause it seems like uh, from like the videos I saw you guys do is that's the way to properly experience Lemon Bucket. Yeah, I mean, it started as a live band. You know, I I look at the music industry now and talk to a lot of, like, younger musicians, and it seems like the kind of formula is you record a song, you put the song out, and if the song gains some traction, then you do another song, a couple more, and then you perform, you figure out a way to perform live. Whereas, like, with us, it was always like, no, we play... And then, and then, because we have to, we'll go into studio and record an album. But yeah, like, yeah. it was always about the live experience and 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 creating something you know special for people to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a lot of these songs, like, um, would you say the writing process is just comes from like having a jam out and finding a good groove and like just kind of being like that's a keeper, or is it more calculated? Uh, it varies. Yeah. It totally varies. Like, you know. 
for the most part, it's just, you know, somebody, I bring a lot of the tunes, but it's now it's not only me. It's there's, uh, you know, a couple of our other members are also, you know, integral and sort of listening to a lot of, um, you know, I guess pan Balkan or pan Slavic music mm-hmm. and sort of learning it, playing it, jamming it in smaller groups. And then if somebody hears something that they like, they're like, Oh, let me learn that too. And, and then we, it sort of grows. Um, it grows out of that. And, or in some cases it's a really strong arrangement idea. Like, you know, Nathan, our trombone player does a lot of arrangements and he'll, he'll come in and say, okay, I have this tune in this arrangement idea. Let's start. And then somebody will add something, take something away. And, and often, I mean, you know, for every song that ends up making it into our repertoire, there's like, there's like at least five or six that don't, Mm -hmm. um, either tune in some cases, like we'll go through the full arrangement, it'll be finished and then, and we'll play it a couple shows and then be like, you know what, this isn't working. Uh, for yeah, whatever yeah. reason just like maybe it's not connecting with the people as yeah. the other ones do and like, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so there's like there's a lot of different ways of of doing it but i'm i can say that in our nowadays it's like it's really rare that we'll that like we'll take on a new member because most people will get scared off by the repertoire yeah the yeah. amount of music that you have to learn because <laughs> yeah, just be insane, like yeah. yeah it's it's literally like you know, four or five hours worth of music that at any point I can call, like we never play with set lists, Mm, you know, there's like a general sort of like, okay, we know what, what we want to play during any given, any given show. But at the same time, like I always leave it open. And if an audience member calls out some obscure song that we haven't played in like three years, I'll start playing it. And the band's just got to know it. You know, we all just have to kind of know it and we try and we make it happen. So like, for a, imagine okay if you've been in the band for 10 years like okay you scratch your brain and like you figure it out and you know the general form or whatever but for a new guy imagine you got to come in and just know five hours worth of material with no sheet music yeah that's <laughs> you know wild yeah yeah even the, that's like kind of I heard something of Bruce Springsteen. He does that. Oh, and I, yeah. I was actually like listening to an interview. It's like so random of uh, the drummer from Slipknot. Okay. And he's Bruce Springsteen's uh, older drummer's son. But he had to fill in for his dad. And he ha- kind of had like the same style where he like, but he'd learn like all the hits. And then like on the ride to the venue, uh, Bruce would just be like, hey, do you know, like, these four? And he's like, no. And they kind of give him, like, an MP3 player. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's, like, trying to get the beat because, like, he's like, yeah, we, I might play this. We, we might not. And, like, this is, like, for an arena show and Dude, stuff, too. That's, but, I love but, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It keeps it, I, would you say, like, it keeps it kind of, like, alive and not, like, feel formulaic? Like, you know, it's like yeah, uh, you're in sure. the moment. Especially well, you said, like, a fan, like, can yell something out. And, like, okay, let's do this. And, yeah, I mean, I, again, we come from, like the tradition that we're drawing on is like is celebratory music from Eastern Europe and and the way that things work there is like musicians will get hired or or they're just village musicians that'll come to play a certain event and whatever you know who's anybody in the village will just come and take out their wallet and slap a bill to your forehead and be like, play this and you don't have a choice. That's like, yeah, yeah. that's the payment. That's the, that's the transaction right there. And your whole job is to like 
to bring joy to people and what they what they want to hear mm, as opposed yeah. to like what you want to give them. Oh, I love that intent so much yeah. too. Yeah, you're yeah. really conscious about just the listener instead of like yourself and I think like from like the videos I've seen of you guys live like that translates you see the audience and there's like a big circle of people like dancing in and out of it and it's oh it's great it's like, the people probably going to your show probably feel like they're part of the band in a way too like, it's that's the point yeah and I mean don't get me wrong like there's nothing like I don't want to sound like pretentious about yeah. it there is a there's I mean we do shows where we really strongly like formula like we have a strong formula and an album in itself is like a statement where you're giving it to the listener to passively sort of listen to it uh and you know there's so many great musicians artists out there that and even in within our own side projects in the band that like we we engage in sort of that kind of art making um, but Lemon Bucket, it's really about community making. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, we always have tried, the intent has been to break those barriers, to to literally make the whole venue, no matter how big it is or, um, you know, or, or even how small it is, but just to make it feel like home. Yeah, yeah. You know, to make it feel like you're in a, you're in a place where you feel welcome, you feel comfortable, and everybody there is family. Yeah, that's amazing. There's so much heart in it, and uh, hence, like your wife's in the band with you, yeah, right? Man. Too. I kind of want to go back in time too. Uh, sure. And like, uh, can you tell me how you met her? Uh, we met uh, during the protests in um, in Kiev in 2014 that led to the revolution of dignity and the overthrowing of the corrupt prime uh, president. Um, you know, I. I had come there to work on a score, a, a film score, and that was supposed to use uh, local musicians, like traditional elements from from these uh, from Ukrainian musicians, and um, in in sort of like a wider, more cinematic score. And I came there uh, with our sousaphone player Rob, who's also a composer, and uh, and we found that like all of the musicians were out protesting. It was literally like a million people out in the square. Uh, and so I kind of was like, okay, I got to go down there to check it out, to see to see what it is and to see if I can get a hold of any of these people. And um, the day that I had come was the day after the first uh, three boys were, were shot and killed by riot cops. Um, and my wife Marichka was on stage with a folk choir singing a requiem for them and I saw her from the stage along with the whole group and afterwards we met um, and we went and had tea in one of the in one of the tents and um, and I mean it started from there afterwards we kind of we realized that we both had this intense desire to to you know uncover what it was that brought everybody to this space what it was that really behind the scenes behind the sort of media what what it was that sort of brings people to revolt and wow and we started writing about it together um and searching and just meeting people and that you know eventually i i changed my tickets and i stayed there um, 
and uh, after on you know in the middle of February when everything sort of climaxed uh, ultimately it led to like you know the rye cups shutting down on the main square everything being ablaze and and then about I don't I don't remember the exact number but something like 150 people were shot and killed oh and no another seven or eight hundred injured and we were sort of in the thick of it through that process and you can imagine that that kind of in that kind of experience is it sort of immediately puts you in a place of um you just really get to know a person very very well and you get to know yourself yeah, you know how so like intense, when yeah. you know how when you're like on a date you're kind of like you you ask the questions like what would you do in this scenario what would you do and you're kind of trying to gauge well there's a lot of those questions that were just answered not just uh like lip service but we really saw like you know for example if there's a burning building and there's people inside would you go inside to try and help them well we know the answer to that yeah, question yeah. right away she knows she knows what i would do cuz we were in that situation if there are injured people and bullets flying overhead, would you get down and help that person and try and get them out? I know what she would do because I saw her do it. Wow. You know, and even like being in that level of intense situations too. you guys probably know each other than some people who've been married for like a decade. You know, you see like, I don't know, just like the primal instincts of certain like things and it it's beautiful but like it sucks that it takes like a tragedy to like make that happen but uh, yeah and but i mean it wasn't only tragedy like this is that's the sort of like the intense this sort of the more negative side of it but it was also incredibly inspiring me Mm -hmm. inspiring like i'm talking you know a million people from all over ukraine and europe who came together that that said, listen, we're not dealing with this kind of corruption anymore. This person who's running the country represents everything that is, you know, that that is against our basic human rights, and we need to get him out. And it, they got him he out. Did it? Yeah, they, yeah. We, you know, everybody, we got there, and even when it was difficult, uh, you know, we made the ultimate sacrifices to to take that step. Now, unfortunately. That then led to the annexation of Crimea and, um, you know, this the war in eastern Ukraine, the invasion by the Russian Federation. And so that mm. led to the next five years of, of conflict, which me and my wife also sort of uh, have been heavily in, involved in. Um, so, you know, it really changed that, that sort of experience. You know, first of all, it was... Um, I'm so grateful for it because, you know, I met my wife Mm -hmm. and it let me know not only, it not only gave me a chance to, um, to have the opportunity to share my life with somebody that I don't know if I would have met otherwise. Um, but then also to change the course of just to change my mentality and, have the ability to change mentality for other people who haven't gone through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, to just change perspectives and and think about how we can like literally make uh, you know a positive impact on the world around us. Wow, that's that's amazing. And um, when did you guys decide to move to Toronto? Um, it was about it was about a year after that. 
you know, we had Marichka and I had, we, we sort of went back and forth for a little while. Um, and then we decided that, um, there was a point where, um, there was a decision at hand. It was either we go and drop everything and go to the front lines. Um, and we went through our training and as combat medics and, um, sort of were ready to take that step. Um, or we don't. And we were already there on the front lines and, um, you know, we decided to sing for the group in this place of permanent dislocation that before we were going to the Donetsk airport and, um, and the commander just sort of heard us and all the other soldiers were, you know, sitting there crying or sitting, singing these like thousand year old Ukrainian language songs from the, the part of the country that they're fighting for right now. And, um, and he said, look, you guys, I mean, what you hold in your voices and in your story is the future of our entire nation. This is exactly what it is we're fighting for. And if you go there and we lose you, we, we're losing a part of what we're fighting for. Oh, wow. And it, it really strongly hit us. And, and we ultimately decided that we would come to Canada where we have this opportunity to this sort of platform uh, that, that allows us to communicate and collaborate with the entire world, which is not the case in Ukraine. You don't have that there. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would, we would use the thing that is, that we felt was, you know, our greatest strength. I mean, we could obviously go and be combat medics or we can go be soldiers, but the thing that we're, you know, actually lucky enough to be good at is music and yeah, performance. Yeah. So you feel and, like that's like your calling, like so that was it. And, yeah, yeah, and and so we came back, and luckily the like members of Lemon Bucket were really on board with supporting that new calling, and we created this immersive folk opera called Counting Sheep that um, that sort of told that whole story. Um, in this in a like an integrated theater piece and interactive theater piece and and that we ended up touring around the world for like for now for the last sort of four years oh nice do you still tour that as well or we just sort of put a a stop on it yeah like we did a a version of it Marich, just marichka and i went to london and did a six-week run with um in a sort of a new new version uh, directed by the Belarus Free Theater, who is also an amazing underground political theater company uh, that's operating in exile out of London. Um, and, you know, we did that version and then decided, look, it's, it's time for us to start. Uh, it's time for us to sort of take a step back from this. We've, we've taken it all over the world and we've shared the literal story of the revolution but actually there's there's more to the experience of revolution than just the the um the experience Mm -hmm. that we shared it's the effects of it are so much more far-reaching um and you know lemon bucket is is one of those incredible groups that we have the ability to really touch a lot of those different points because there's so many different perspectives in the band. Yeah, yeah. And so it's time to sort of open up and uh, 
from the narrow, from the local, and sort of get a little bit wider. Yeah, it's cool. And it's just like, hence, like, you're just kind of also spreading word of, like, that whole story and what's going on over there, too. And, like, yeah, it's cool that you're doing this over here, and it's, like, reaching out to people who may not know, like what's going what has happened and going on in ukraine and all that as well and it's like yeah. yeah and we i mean what to continue sort of uh that narrative in our lives my wife and i um we formed another project called balaclava blues um which is more of like it's a bit heavier uh it's got it's like an edm Oh, cool! Sort of yeah, like yeah. trap thing. <laughs> um, I gotta check this out. Yeah. It's cool for yeah. sure. Well, you'll have a chance. So we're performing at Lemonade as well. Oh, sweet, sweet. So, but yeah, it's got that, and and it's the entire repertoire is sort of based on uh, traditional music from from the part of the country that's currently afflicted by war, um, but sort of re reimagined uh, in this sort of new more industrial urban um with this like urban sensibility nice nice so we have that that's you know that exists and we can and we've been sort of touring that around europe and and in ukraine and in the meantime we've opened up sort of lemon bucket to sort to to come back to the roots of uh of like what we started yeah yeah which was just this positive uh life-affirming uh, celebration of many different cultures, many different people coming together and just exploding in joy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, speaking of celebration, uh, I noticed your wedding itself made the news. Yeah, man. and it's hearing your backstory of the band Lemon Bucket. It seems like that spirit went into that day of collaboration and uh, like. I was about to break it down, but it would be cool to hear from you, like kind of how it's just like you opened it up for the public to come and celebrate with you for the wedding and like just strangers and everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, I have to, I got to like say how, how grateful I am to, first of all, my wife, Marichka, who was totally, she had, she didn't even have any idea like what, what she was in for in this wedding. And yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just kind of a dream of mine that she indulged, um, which was, you know, I always imagined, I didn't know if I was ever going to get married, but I did, I sort of knew that if I was, I wanted the entire community to be involved. I wanted it to be a celebration, a festival you know, I've played so many weddings and so many beautiful, intimate weddings and then so many kind of weddings that are also, they feel formulaic and like the, that there's, that people are doing what they think they should be doing at a wedding yeah, instead yeah. of, instead of what they really want to do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what do I want to do? I want to, I want to parade through the streets. I want everybody to know, you know, about my love and my, my pledge for the rest of my life. I want all my friends to be there and I want everybody to play music from all around the world and for them to all feel like it's their party. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want it to be like. And so we planned it and you know, everybody, um, all of my closest friends and including like lemon bucket, we're, we're the, we're the, the bridesmaids and yeah. So they're kind of like the core of everything. So they were there throughout the whole thing. And, and then, you know, we had like, over a hundred musicians. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, we had like a samba samba legua played. Yeah. Uh, we had um, Zaritra Georgian polyphony group. We had uh, Prescang Mutiny sing shanties. We had Flamenguito del, del Norte play flamenco. We had Kike Escamilla, Juno winner, was playing like Mexican Revolution songs. We had Ada Dolly singing beautiful singer-songwriter stuff. We had the Boxcar Boys playing like sort of New Orleansy old time music old timey music and those are i mean that's what i can remember off the top of my head there, yeah. were, there were so many bands and we just we opened it up it was a free uh wedding and we didn't ask for any gifts we just said look if anybody wants to bring gifts or feels like they want to just write a check to um to this organization patriot mm-hmm. defense that was uh that was providing um you know uh, combat grade first aid training to people that are that are struggling unfortunately with uh, with a serious conflict yeah. and we raised like over twenty thousand dollars wow. just people yeah. throwing in money like for you know for like we literally with our wedding it was, it was so amazing because at the end of it we went here's money that we can give to uh, to people that are that really, really need it to serve that literally, you know, need it to survive. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Man. So it's you cool. Guys, and I don't know how amazing like, people, I don't know how it like somehow Reuters got a hold of it. And, yeah, yeah. and there's a, that photographer and he just put it out there and then it just like, yeah. And it's, it out. seemed like in lemon bucket style too. It's like, you're doing your thing and then just maybe, people passing this on the street or like in the park uh they start joining in the celebration exactly. and it just turns into almost like this parade and Exa- yeah, oh and- man exactly it was it was like that i mean it was just a regular saturday afternoon and mm-hmm. so people were just in the park because they were in the park with their yeah. kids and they were like what is this and there was <laughs> yeah. a wedding and then there's a band following and then like a ceremony and like michael the guy who who I first met when I came to Toronto, the trumpet player. Yeah. He was our minister. He married wow. us. Wow! Yeah, you know, full so, circle. That's... So he married us, and then and then the samba drums kicked in, Ooh. and we did a big parade on Bloor and around through the back of Dufferin Mall. So now everyone in the mall on a Saturday is like samba drums and dance, and we're dancing yeah, on there's... the table in the food court. Yeah, that's a, that's a great picture too, and like. Uh... I want to mention to people who are listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and any of your favorite podcast listening apps that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. And you'll be able to see this picture of them in the food court. <laughs> and along with all that is the Lemon Bucket Orchestra yeah, as man. well. But that's it was awesome. good. It was <laughs> such a memorable time. Like, you know, it was like... You got to live your life without regrets. And that's, you know, the number of people that sort of write me every single, I don't even have to like say it's my anniversary now because of like social media, you know, I get reminders. So now people just get reminders every year, uh, you know, on May 17th, they see these pictures of that mayhem that was our wedding. And then they start writing and posting and they just... It was so, it's just so, it was so good for yeah, a lot of people. It just seems so natural and spontaneous too. And even, um, I seen another thing with you guys too, when you had a situation at an airport with, uh, 
a flight delay, is it? And yeah. uh, you ended up just jamming and then people pulling out their cell phones or whatnot and reached out to Jimmy Kimmel and Dude, New York was, uh, Times and <laughs> again that crazy. was that was crazy because yeah. it was that was our first tour ever like we had never been on tour together and and it just so hot like we reached out to a friend of ours that that we had you know we did a tour with that other band I was telling you about earlier worldly savages and there was this booker in Romania and Tongi, our accordion player, reached out to him and was like, hey, man, you know, we're thinking of, like, coming to Romania for a holiday. And uh, do you think, like, maybe me and Mark and Oscar, like, could we come? We'll play, like, we'll play, like, a set of just the three of us at the festival. And he was like, well, send me the band and uh, send me, like, the links. And Tongi sent him Lemon Bucket, like, some songs. And he's like, well, it's not the whole band, but it's just three of us. But this is, like, the kind of stuff we do. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And he was like can you bring the whole band? Oh, cool. And we're like, yeah. what do you mean? And he goes, well, I'm doing this festival, international festival of Romani arts. And I could re like, this is perfect. I want to take you around the country to all of the different cities that we're trying to reach to then come to the festival. And so we were like, okay, we're going to try and raise the money to do Let's, let's let the people of Toronto decide whether we get to go or not. And so we did this whole campaign, like we're going to be busking every day for the next three weeks. Here's where we're going to be. If you want to see us come to go to Romania, come and put money in the hat. Ah, uh, yeah. And we raised $20,000 again. I, I'm wow. like these lo- loose numbers, but yeah, it was yeah, like, you know, think again. about yeah, it for yeah. 13 of us to go to Romania. It was around that. It was around that much because it was like three weeks before the, our departure date. And uh, we made it happen. Everybody was like totally in the band. We were totally in shock, but somehow it worked. We decided to go. We got on the plane, and of course, like the plane, the flight was delayed. And what do you do? You just start. We started you playing. Just do what you usually do. You the phones like start came the party. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. By the time we landed, like the video, like the main video that was somebody posted was like. It had gone viral, had like something like 300,000 hits. And then like it was in the New York Times and the Huff Post and Jimmy Kimmel picked up on it and Fox News. It was like crazy, you know, we just landed and we and in another in a country that nobody's ever been to and on our first tour ever. And we're already in the news. Yeah, I think there's just so many factors that just, I don't know, makes the energy of yourself and your band just so infectious and on top of that too it's just like from you just putting out like good intent of like how you talked about earlier in the episode like thinking about the person's experience when they're seeing you live to another layer of doing it for charity man like this is just something extra special and like i'm so happy to finally discover you guys oh, like cool. this is a new thing for me but i'm a i'm a new fan and uh it's kind of fun yeah. that like I love that. Uh, I mean, of course, you know it's always it's always you you kind of one day hope to kind of blow up and that as many people as possible can can sort of learn about your music and learn about the culture that you're spreading. In our case, but it's I gotta say it's amazing that our growth has been like you said earlier, really organic. Yeah, it's been really step by step, and sort of what that means is that we've really been able to enjoy every phase of it. So no matter what 
whatever, no matter what phase we're in, we're constantly getting new fans and new people that are discovering the music, that are discovering, um, discovering this part of the world even. And so it's pretty, it's very special. We're really grateful. Oh yeah, that's amazing. And to close this out, you got uh, next weekend um, titled Lemonade and also in the same spirit with the whole charity aspect. And uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. There's, um, well, we've been playing at the Opera House now for like for about five years. And it's one of those places in the city that, you know, it's got this sort of reputation of being this grimy kind of like metal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> place. A, actually, you know, like, that's my favorite venue and people. Would right. that. Yeah. It's, but it's cool. Like you never, like I said, you never know who's going to open up your their doors. And, and, you know, there's not a lot of people that are that when you go to them and you say like, uh, hey, we're going to play some. Uh, we want to play a show at your venue and it's going to be like Ukrainian folk music and it's going to be packed. Mm-hmm. And people, a lot of bookers will be like, yeah, we don't really do that. You know, we're like, trust us, it's going to be a good party. Like, you'll love it. It's a and perfect like, space ah. for that, too. Opera House. Athena at the Opera House from day one was like, yes, I believe in it. Let's do it. And and it's one of our go-to spaces that when, you know, when we want to do a show. And they're celebrating their 30th anniversary. So we wanted to do something really special this, you know, to to help to usher in that year of celebration for them and we were like let's you know it's the holiday season um it's been a while since we did a good fundraiser and so let's invite our sort of favorite bands in the city right now um and instead of saying here's the charity that you know we're gonna support and all you all you you know 100 musicians you gotta you gotta support this thing that we want to support we went listen you all choose you're all you're all coming in here you're all going to play and they're all donating half of their fees to the cause we want you to choose who you're supporting yeah and on the site i mentioned earlier to the people too if you want to check out all the charities for all the different bands you can find that on there and also tickets to lemonade and like i mentioned before you guys you got to see them live lemon bucket that's the way to do it and yeah man i just want to say it's an honor to hear your story and everything there's just so many layers to it. And yeah, thank you for this great interview today. I hope you'll have me back. There's so much more I can go into. I can blab on. For yeah, I feel like I could make this like a three days. hour one, but uh, we're kind of running out of time. No, but it's all good. It's we'll, my pleasure, man. I've, I've, it's good. Yeah. So yeah, till part two, my man. We'll yeah. see you next time. See you soon. Cheers. Cheers.